Hello and welcome to this Conversation 6. Uh, Jeff Smith here, Research Fellow at the Heritage Foundation specializing in South Asia. And I'm here to talk with another South Asia research scholar at Stanford, uh, Arzan Tarapur, who was previously with the Australian Defense Department. We, um, we were given some news this past week uh, to work with for a conversation about the Indo-Pacific. There was a U.S. FANOP directed at India in the Indian Ocean last week. Uh, I thought we could spend a few minutes on that. But before talking about the FANOP, I just wanted to say some of the conversation this past week has been a little ironic because you know, India, if anything, has in some ways been becoming more aligned with the U.S. position on UNCLOS in recent years, I would argue. Uh, it accepted an unfavorable ruling in a arbitration case with Bangladesh over a maritime territorial dispute. It recognized the validity of the 2016 PCA ruling against China. It's become more active in its diplomacy on the importance of freedom of navigation and upholding UNCLOS in the South China Sea. And so there's actually been somewhat of a convergence, at least on India's diplomacy on freedom of navigation. So with, with that background, we had, um, we had a FANOP directed at India, which caused something of an uproar uh, on social media. Um, there's actually not much disagreement on the facts. I think, you know, now that we've had some time to think it over, everyone acknowledges the U.S. has been doing these operations for decades, uh, that India's position on military operations in the EEZ is a minority position. Several retired Indian naval commanders have come out and said, look, this operation was legal under international law, even if it violates our, our domestic law. It seems that the hangup has been more to do with the public statement about the FANOP than the FANOP itself, uh, which at first blush seemed odd to me, especially because it wasn't India-specific. Seventh Fleet has been doing public statements mm -hmm. on all the FANOPs this year, which is a break from the past. But you could see maybe why the average Indian would say, hold on, this is a strategic partner of ours, you know, sending a warship into our territory and telling us that our claims are illegal. You know, what's going on here? Is the U.S. reliable? And so I thought at the least maybe it gives us an opportunity to think a little more about the merits of doing public reporting of FONOPS. And Arzan, I wondered what you thought about that and what uh, this episode tells us about India-U.S. relations. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, morning to you. Um, look, I think you're absolutely right. The, the the outcry we should we should look at it as being as as occurring on two levels. One is the outcry over the messaging, and clearly there is something for Seventh Fleet and Indo-PACOM to think about because the narrative does matter a lot. Messaging does matter a lot. But secondly, uh, there has also been, despite you know what some people say a lot of outcry over the fact of the FONOP itself, regardless of the messaging. Mm -hmm. There is the sense of what has, why is the US treating us a, a increasingly close partner in this way? And I think one of the interesting dimensions of this is, as a couple of people have now started to report, uh, that it does reveal an underlying current of suspicion in India about the US in particular that you know it's obviously f based on um, historical memories of perceived unreliability or, or or threats from the US 
and 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 it persists to this day. And so when events like the phone ops happen, um, it it just feeds into that narrative, which admittedly has been submerged in recent years. Um, and now, Jeff, if if you'll permit me, my um, let me let me go back to something that I've said on on a previous one of these, which is that this uh, strain of suspicion about the US and and Australia as being unreliable partners to India um, may wind up having some some more significant impacts in in, in if other scenarios play out. Uh, mm. That, that India may well face. So on the border in the Himalayas, uh, again, I would suggest that a war is not something we should rule out. It's still a plausible scenario. And if it does occur, and if it is married to this underlying current of suspicion, I fear that the way a war may play out, if it's bruising for India, may wind up exacerbating these suspicions of the US and Australia, and it may wind up undermining the advances in these relationships that we've seen in recent years. That's not deterministic. It's not inevitable. There are things that can be done to shape the ground before that happens. Uh, but this, to me, the FONOP really highlights that this is a threat that we should start thinking about, that, that suspicions on both sides do still persist. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it, uh, India has traditionally had a sort of go it alone mentality that we're in this on our exactly. own. But you have to wonder with the growing partnership with the US, with the Quad, is there a growing expectation of greater levels of support from these new partners? So well, those expectations need to be managed, I'd suggest. Perfect. Arzan, thank you so much.